I'm Zach. I'm Cody. And we're having fun in our box suite of Zach and Cody. Zach and Cody. Zach and Cody. We just want to have fun. What happened to the nice music? Did we still make jokes? What's happening? What? Cody's not breathing. He's dead. Box suite. Zach and Cody is the lyric. So you regretting this? That was a pretty clever intro, actually, I gotta say. <laughs> I saw you checking your watch for the time. <laughs> yeah, I may have glanced over for a moment or two. And I was I was trying to look at one specific thing on the wall here so I wouldn't get sick, but otherwise it was great. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right, well, hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Box Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. My name is Zach, and, and I'm with uh, Cody over here. Why don't you ever just let me say, and I'm Cody. <laughs> I'm with my little buddy, my <laughs> tiny little friend, my orphan friend, Cody. <laughs> And uh, today we have a special guest. You know him as the producer of the TSN 1040 Morning Show from Monday to Friday. This is Satyar. Welcome. Yeah, Thank welcome. you. Thank you very much. My pleasure to be here with you, gentlemen. This must be a little bit different from you because you're normally used to being in your ivory tower and now you're here slumming it with us. Yeah, well, you know, usually we, we get champagne delivered down, right. Fortes comes down, and we got beautiful women letting us through the door. Right, and you, got, you have to walk down and get me, actually. I do, yeah, no, not a beautiful woman. It was no. Cody, like, finishing a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> All right, since the last show, there's actually been hockey played. So the Canucks are now 11-5-0. That's good for third in the league. Uh, the Canucks just went on that uh, four-game road trip through Colorado and the California teams, and it is just a terrifying prospect to play these guys. Uh, they won three or four. So what do you think we've learned from this team now? I think, uh, first of all, Great goaltending. I yeah. mean, the common denominator in the three wins has been great goaltending. I mean, you saw Eddie Lack stood on his head yesterday. Ryan Miller was lights out in San Jose. Yeah. It was pretty good against Colorado as well. So I think that's the number one thing. And, you know, one other thing that really stands out is the top line is back. And you're getting production from the Sedins, Nick Bonino, the second line as well. But I, I still can't shake the feeling that we're done this California road trip. But can you really confidently say if the Canucks played the Kings – Ducks or Sharks in the playoffs, they would win four out of seven games. <laughs> no. <laughs> Short answer, no. Um, I agree. There's a lot of holes, but um, like you said with Miller, he's doing what we hired him to do. Thank God. He's making, he's stealing games for us against those teams. We obviously have some work to do with, uh, with the third and fourth lines, but it is very promising that we have two lines of scoring right now, which you know, we have not had in a long time. Well, that wasn't a guarantee going into the season. Uh, but what I think is, like, I think they've established themselves as a good team, but they're not necessarily an right. elite team. Uh, they got outplayed by San Jose, and like mm -hmm. you said, Ryan Miller stole that game. I would say that the Canucks have basically beaten the teams they're supposed to beat right. and lost against the teams they're supposed to lose against, but then they beat Anaheim in a gutsy road game the other day. Yeah. I think that was probably the most impressive win was the Anaheim game because, I mean, you can't look at Anaheim and say, well, they, they weren't playing without – they didn't have Perry in the lineup. Well, the Canucks didn't have yeah. Radom Verbata in the lineup, no Zach Cassian. I mean, so both teams were missing pieces, but the Canucks were actually the better team for the majority of the game. I actually feel that if the Canucks continue playing this way, they can be a better team than Anaheim this season. Now, moving really? forward, it could be different, but I, the, still, the cream of the crop in this division is L.A. And yeah. when you watch that game, Canucks in L.A., on Friday, it was, you could, I mean, you just know watching the Canucks, they're not even close to being at that class yet. Yeah. And they need more size, more speed, and more skill, which are very obvious things yeah. to say. Yeah, oh, is that all? I mean, that's all <laughs> that's they it. need. That's just, it. Just everything. <laughs> right, but I mean, that's the thing. I mean, LA has set the bar so high in this division. Yeah. They're such a strong team that all these teams have to catch up to them. And the Canucks are never going to have the luxury of playing a sleeping Kings team. No. That's one thing that the Canucks are always 
going to have playing against them because every team in the division hates them. Mm -hmm. They know the Canucks is that elite team from a few seasons ago who kind of dummied them, and now every single game is a revenge game for them. You're right, because even Drew Doughty himself talked about that. He yeah. said, every time we play the Canucks, we're up for this game. And they hate playing the Canucks. I mean, they love playing the Canucks because they yeah, hate them. exactly. And, you know, and they've been very successful against them as well. I mean, they figured out how to play the Canucks. They grind the cities into dust and then just <laughs> take over the rest of the game. I mean, you yeah. can't... The Canucks have such a hard time against LA. It's unbelievable. Going back to what you were saying about Miller, uh, because he has performed so exceptionally well, would you consider that an option, perhaps uh, trading Lack to perhaps get a blue chip prospect or a D in return? Absolutely. I think um, the thing about Eddie Lack is he has one more year left, left after this. What reason does he have to re-sign a Vancouver with Ryan Miller still having one more year left in his contract before mm -hmm. he's done? Yeah. And if Jacob Markstrom is the player we think he's going to be, the way he's playing right now, Utica's yeah. lights out, yeah. you can afford to move Eddie Lack. The only question I have is how much value is it in moving goalies in today's NHL? There's none, yeah. and that's, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. but, I mean, uh, that's the conversation. We wouldn't even be having this conversation about moving Lack if Markstrom wasn't showing so well in the NHL, yes, right? absolutely. Uh, with Markstrom, though, we've seen the value of him. He cleared waivers. Yes. Like there was, there was no value. I, I, Nobody I don't believe in him. <laughs> I don't believe in him. Well, he's just screwed you over personally in fantasy hockey like two seasons ago. Like that's personal. Nothing, yeah. nothing like a scorned fantasy owner. It believe cuts me. deep. It I know. Cuts, I will I know. not forget that six goal game ever. So, I mean, Markstrom might be, we don't know because we don't get a lot of exposure to these Utica right. games, but Markstrom's just like this mystery box. Yeah, well, the thing we we don't know quite know what to expect from him, especially because we haven't seen him play in the NHL for a long time. I mean, last yeah. year he came through was such a you know what show last yeah, year yeah. that you can't really read into. I can shit. say okay, well, it was a complete shit show last <laughs> yeah. year. Well, Roly Melanson, I think, should get some credit here because absolutely, if Melanson is finally getting through yeah. to Markstrom, then you know, look at what he did with Eddie Lack. Look like Corey what he Schneider. did with Corey Schneider, yeah. Luongo even, yeah. and even Ryan Miller right now. I yeah, mean, Ryan Miller's sure. sort of, he's still aggressive, but he is staying deeper in his net than he has in the past. Yeah, he's challenging less. Zach, uh, does Willie Desjardins remind you of a higher pitch version of Sam Worthington? <laughs> what are you talking about? You know, the, the dude with the mustache, his deep voice, roadhouse. That's fucking Sam Elliott. Who's Sam Worthington? Sam Worthington's the blue guy from Avatar. Oh, like the young dude. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean like the cowboy guy. Yeah, no, no, yeah. No, he's just like, yeah, maybe. I guess he also has a mustache. He's just like that stern dad that you've never had. And I mean like you in the specific <laughs> you sense. You me specific. Because you came from a broken family. <laughs> <laughs> We're going there. Okay, yeah, okay well, so uh, how about this? Uh, who has impressed you guys the most this season from the Canucks? I got to say Nick Bonino, in my opinion, because uh, the big question was we knew he put up points last year. You know, he wasn't putting up a ton of even strength minutes. We're kind of worried about his skating, his size. But watching him play, man, I mean, yeah, he's not the fastest center out there, but he gets around the ice. He's got great hands. He's not a small kid. I mean, he's about six, six feet, foot, foot one. I mean, yeah. he's not going to get pushed around that easily. And he's got great hands. I mean, yeah. that shootout goal he had yeah. was unbelievable. He, I, think, I think what's been very telling, too, is everyone thought his production was going to go down because a lot of what people were saying is, yeah, he was getting points, but he was on the power play with Perry and Getzlaff. He's playing with less now, and he's still putting up the points. So. And it's all even strength, too. The underlying numbers in yeah. Anaheim didn't look pretty. No, they didn't. No. Uh, but what he, he's at least shown at this stage, because, I mean, it's only a month in. The narrative changes every minute. <laughs> all it takes is for Kessler to go on one hot streak, and then all of a sudden we're talking about this in a different light once again. Uh, but what we've seen from Benino early on, at least, is that 
all of his goals look like goal scorer goals. They look like one-shot goals, and this is something that the Canucks have been missing for a few years now. It's pretty nice seeing the second line move the puck around, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's great. <laughs> it's, they're actually passing. Yeah, when I'm holding on to it for yeah. dear life. Like uh, at, before this season, when was the first time you actually said, "Hey, that was a nice pass from the second line"? I think the the last good pass I remember from Ryan Kessler was Game Seven against Chicago in 2011 when he set up Burroughs' first goal to open the game. Right. The backhand pass. That's what, that's the last pass I can remember Ryan Kessler making. That was a create a significant chance for the Canucks. I mean, so much has happened in my life since then. Like, I live with my girlfriend now. I think the last time I saw a good pass from the second line was when the Sedins were the second line and the West Coast Express was, like, killing it. That's a great point. And, and I think what Benino's numbers are maybe a bit unsustainable. He's not going to be shooting at this for clip. Sure. He's not no. going to probably score 40 goals or whatever. But I think the most reasonable Canucks fan would probably say if he puts up, say, 50 points this year, gets 20 goals, are we upset about that in terms of second line oh, production? I'm f- I'm through the moon. No, those those are u- like usually kind of Kessler numbers yeah. that we were expecting. You know, he had his 40 goal year, but I mean, I wasn't expecting him to be an 80, 90 well, point player. That's just like, legit second line production. Yeah, it really is. With something that wasn't a guarantee going into this season. No, no, mm-hmm. and I mean that was the biggest question mark. Do the Canucks have a second line? I mean, we sort of thought, well, maybe they might have two or three third lines. That's what it looked yeah. like. But yeah. right now, it's actually funny because they do have a second line. We're not sure if they actually have a third line, though. And, I mean, you have to have a third line that is almost as good as your second line or almost pushes your second line because if you don't, it's just really difficult to go in deep in the playoffs in the West, I think, if you don't have that. I agree. So do you guys think that Zach Cassian is actually a fit on that third line then? It's just he keeps – he shows up for a shift, and then another shift he looks like a completely different player. I mean – a lot, of, a lot of guys are taking runs at him right now, too. I'm kind of getting concerned that he's just going to be broken at the end of the season. Like, that knee-on-knee knee and then the direct headshot from Ferentz a like, couple weeks back or whatever, it's, I, he's pissing a lot of people off. <laughs> yeah, but he's pissing off people in the right way. He's getting under their skin, and he's an agitator, and that's something the Canucks could use because he also has the size to back it up. I, agreed, but I, I, as, as has been a big criticism, he seems to show up against like the Oilers and stuff, and then when we actually need him in a game against like a tough team like L.A. or something, he disappears. Well, I mean, that's been the narrative, but I don't know if that's necessarily fair. I think he's You really... also love him. <laughs> I, he's, got, he's got these amazingly soft hands, man. When, the minute we traded for him, they traded a Cody for a Zach, and you were stoked. <laughs> No, man, I hated it at first. I thought his eyes were too close together. You already like, thought of a nickname for him. You called him Prince Caspian. <laughs> I'm like saying, man, soft hands. Like, you must parel those shits like every single day. You're I, Zach I, biased. You're Zach biased. All I'm saying is that, you know, obviously, like many Canucks fans, you're like, ah, oh, just put him on the second line already. But like uh, Sat was saying, you kind of need some offensive flair on that third line for it to be productive and to roll four lines a little more evenly. I think the one thing that's missing on that line is I like Brad Richardson, and you alluded to this, saying he's probably better suited for a fourth-line role. Yeah. I think he's maybe the ideal fourth-line center. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think if he was that on this team, that'd be perfect. I mean, if a guy like Bo Horvat could hold down the third-line center job, then all of a sudden you say we, you, th- you throw in a guy like Hansen on the other side, you have Zach Cassian, you get a little mix of speed, skill, right. and size together. The thing is, though, I mean, Zach Cassian, he's got great hands. He moves the puck. Nobody and, finishes. No, that's the thing. I mean, yeah. Jason Botchford made fun of this in the province. He said that, you know, where does Zach pa- Cassian pass his they go to die on Brad Richardson's stick. That's true. Really stick. <laughs> and the same thing. I mean, if they can find a guy, and that's why maybe even Lyndon Vay, I mean, if you can protect him, put him on the wing, put him with Horvat and Cassian, maybe you get a playmaker on the side and guy who can finish. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I, I, I should not be so hard on Cassian because he has been passing to no one. So we talked about Bo Horvat a bit earlier. Uh, what do you like from what you've seen from him so far? I love the intangibles. I mean, he's got three things you can't teach hockey sense 
pure face-off ability and pure size yep. for a guy. I mean, he's not the biggest guy, but I mean, he's six feet tall. He's over 200 pounds. He's only 19. He's as wide as he is tall. He really is. I mean, he's his, a rectangle. Yeah, the body type <laughs> reminds me of Shane Doan. He may not have the same height, but Shane, yeah. same farm kid who's just really thick and strong. He's going to keep getting bigger and stronger as he gets older. And he just seems to know where to be at all times, especially defensively. So you can see why a guy like Willie Desjardins trusts him, throws him out there, got him to take a few big face-offs. He was out there on the fourth, in the third period and stuff like that. I mean, so those things I'm super impressed with him about. I'm very happy to see that. Offensively, I think that's going to be the big question with Bo. Yeah. How much offensive upside does he have in the NHL? We saw him put up numbers in junior. Yep. And in the AHL, very small sample size. You can't look at it too much. But he didn't put up to any points in the AHL. But no. That's the big question. If he can even be a halfway serviceable offensive performer with the defensive upside he has, I mean, he can be a Selkie nominee for years to come. For sure. And I don't think anybody's expecting any offense from him at this point. Not that's right now. That's never going to be his job. It, it, that's only going to be kind of later on in his career when he kind of graduates and he's playing that second-line role if given the opportunity. I will say it's been, it's been very encouraging because his, his game against Colorado, he was winning more face-offs than our team generally mm -hmm. does. I think it was in the 60% range, but that was also against another team that had crappy face-off percentage in the first place. But I think the past couple games, his numbers against real teams, against centers that are winning face-offs most of the time has been very encouraging. I mean, yeah, you brought up the point maybe against they're not the best face-off team Colorado, but there's still NHL players, and this is a 19-year-old yeah. who is either playing in the NHL or he's got to go back to junior. And the fact that he's beating those marginal face-off guys on Colorado tells you something because yeah. he's already better than the marginal guys in the NHL. So the biggest thing is just be patient with the kid. You know, yeah. Don't expect this guy to go out and score a ton of points. He's going to be a great player for you. Just wait for it a little bit. Yeah, but even against L.A., he went 6-for-8 on the dot, and Anaheim's a top-10 team in face-offs. Did I? No, I said Anaheim this time. You said LA. You said LA. Are you fucking kidding me? No. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> All right, Get it time. together, Mass. Even against Anaheim. <laughs> Yo, even against Anaheim, he went for six out of eight on the dot. It's like you just said that for the first time. <laughs> Why you gotta fuck up my reporting if I just tagging that? Just joking, man. Say it again. Even against Anaheim, he went six for eight on the dot, and yeah. that is a top ten team in the league. And then against LA, he went eleven for twenty. Yeah, that's that's very encouraging. That is legit as hell. I'm I, I would like to coin his nickname if he is just a serviceable, dependable two way forward that doesn't really get points. His nickname will be Borvat. Borvat. Why? Because he'll be boring to watch, but he'll he'll get the job done. I've heard way better nicknames for Borvat. <laughs> like no Borvat. No, why is no Scorvat? Mine uses his whole name, Borvat. Mine uses his whole name. I used I even like separated his first and last name. No Scorvat. I'll let you think about it. Yeah, I'll let you think about you, it. You can come back to me on that. So here's the big question then. Do you think he stays past nine games this year for the Canucks? I think he has to. Yeah? Because, I mean, what other answer do you have on the third line or even the fourth line? I mean, you only have three centers on the team right now. And, and the thing with Bo Horvat is he's not going to get any better playing in London again. I mean, going to the World Juniors, you know, it's always good to play at that level. But it's, it's, at this point, I mean, Bo Horvat needs to learn how to play the pro game. Yeah. And the only place he can do that right now is Vancouver. Yeah. That being said, uh, we've kind of touched on this a bit. What would you say is the Canucks' biggest need right now? I just think it's another top winger. Yeah. I'd say it's a, w a scoring winger right now is probably the biggest need this team has because as good as Radim Verbata is, and he's been great, yeah. there's no game breaker really in the lineup right now. And you kind of need a guy, I think, that on his own can grab the puck on one end of the ice, go to the other side and score. Or whether that is holding the puck on the power play and finding a way and just being that guy who always finds the back of the net. Because 
that's really what all these other really strong teams have. They have that one difference maker or another line even that kind of pushes that forward. And yeah. I think the, the Canucks kind of still miss that little offensive oomph that's going to get them across to the other side, I think. Oh, sweet. Uh, oh, you're asking me my own question? <laughs> yeah, what do you think? Uh, I, I agree with him. I, I, I would also say it would be really nice to have uh, a, a defenseman, a serviceable defenseman in case we do have an injury because it's weird for the first time I'm noticing – huge holes when a Bieksa goes down or something. We used to just be like, oh, throw so-and-so in there. We're good. But we, we're, if we're down one or two defensemen, it's looking kind of scary. <laughs> if you're down one defenseman, yeah, you yeah, have just, Yannick Weber playing 20 minutes a night. Yeah. That's not good for anybody. I think there's a couple holes with this team, obviously. Uh, they're not an elite contender, per se. I mean, they're a fun team. But I think that more than anything, I think they're missing the presence of a shutdown center. I think that... Uh, missing that guy, we saw against Anaheim, Kessler completely neutralized the Sedins. And I think that with the way that it's set up now, uh, more increasingly the Sedins will be taking, off, uh, taking on the tough assignments. And because there's nobody taking on those uh, tough shutdown roles, uh, I think it's going to neuter the Sedins' offense. I think it's going to catch up with them. I think after that's a really bit. good point. And I, think, I don't think they'll ever address that need as long as Bo Horvat's in the organization. Let's yeah. only find out whether he can do that job or not. Well, I mean, if he, if he doesn't put up points and he can't be the shutdown yeah. guy, then you have some problems. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, being in the studio, has anyone actually ever starstruck you ever? And this can, like, this can apply to like Rock 101 when you were over there too. Oh, that's a good question. Like, did Brian Adams ever give you like a scarf or something? <laughs> and you're oh, like, no. oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> no, I usually get ignored quite often by the stars. They walk in and probably think, who's this guy sitting behind the board? So they kind of like, kind of big time me quite often. Mick Foley was probably the coolest guy I met. Oh, really? Yeah, wrestling. I mean, if you like, yeah, like yeah. me, just a super nice guy. And he's not that big. I kind of saw him like, like how, how did I, you handle Well, no, no shit, your body's broken down because you got beat up so much. And Were you thinking like, I could take this motherfucker? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Probably couldn't, though. No, no. I saw Hell in a Cell, man. <laughs> I, uh, I met Pavel Bure once. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Was, you, I, I met him like two seasons ago, that oh. game in, uh, uh, at Vancouver where he showed up at the Edmonton game, and then everyone's like, oh, my God, he's back in the building. And uh, there's a picture of me in between him and Francesco Aquilini. <laughs> and I was so nervous. And then my arms around both of them. And I didn't know what to do. I just started rubbing Pavel Bure's back. <laughs> and you can actually see how uncomfortable Pavel Bure is in the photo. He's like clenching his fist. He's so angry. So you gave Pavel Bure a back rub. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. At the Young Stars tournament this year, oh, yeah. I had a 10-minute conversation with Dan Cloutier, calling him Nolan Baumgartner the entire time because I was really drunk. And it was dark. To be fair, he had the same haircut. It was Nolan really dark, haircut. and they had the same haircut. But, but I was just going off about him. Like, you should tweet more, Nolan. I used to love when because he, he used to do live tweets during Canucks games, and his insight was fantastic. We left the bar, and you're like, I have to go back. <laughs> like, realized your mistake. Yeah, that was bad. That was terrible. <laughs> All right, so one more question. Just revisiting the Kessler trade. Uh, at the beginning of the season, it looked kind of bleak. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts about it now? Well, I think right now, it, I mean, you can't look at the trade and say it doesn't look good for Vancouver. I mean, if, if Benino keeps this up, not the pace, but keeps up being a second-line center, then, well, you traded a second-line center for another second-line center, plus you got a first-round pick that you trade drafted a guy named Jared McCann, who could end up being like Ryan Kessler down the road. He so, plays like Ryan Kessler. Exactly. So, I mean, I think right now, with all things being equal, I don't think you can look at this trade and say it was a bad one for the Canucks. Yeah, well, it's, it's almost if you think about it, Anaheim, I want to be like, thank you for being like gracious with this trade. I'm so used to people just boning us with every trade 
with Gillis and Power. Like, I don't know why that was, but considering our options were so limited, I can't believe we got what we did for Kessler. Well, I mean, even right now, we, we, we can probably go back and listen to this in about four months and be like, yeah, oh, totally, insane. totally. Yeah, this gonna, team sucks. a healthy so scratch. And <laughs> I mean, always have to be wary of early season prognostications because the season has to play out. Yeah. Injuries happen. Teams develop differently. Guys get figured out or they lose confidence or whatever the case may be, right? So it's really easy to look at things right now and be really happy. But I think the biggest factor is there isn't a lot there that says the Canucks are a bad team. I think if they were going to be a poor team this year, I think we would have seen that by now. And I think you're pretty much bang on about this when you said, Zach, that they're not a contender, but they look like a pretty good playoff team. Yeah, and I mean, after last season, is that really so bad? No, like we said, I mean, it's great. (laughs) I mean, how like if I would have asked you, Cody, if the Canucks make the playoffs, would they call that a success? Even if they go out in the first round before the season started, what would you have thought? Oh, I would be ecstatic. Exactly. <laughs> I think we're all sort of in that same boat. So, But it is Vancouver. We're very good at looking at things glass half full. So yeah. we can be very negative about things. But I think right now, just enjoy the wave for now, man. Well, uh, Seth, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, I, I just want to throw a shout out to Vancouver is Awesome for presenting this. Much appreciated. Uh, Zach, you got any plugs? Nope. <laughs> that's it <laughs> that's it you letting me throw out the show uh, Sad. you got anything you want to promote uh, Twitter or anything like that uh, well just thank you so much for having me on it's been a pleasure talking shop with you guys with some real fans you guys have great insight and hopefully we'll get to do this some more in the future anytime man yeah we'd love to have you hey, back. you let me know I, I don't mind yakking I can talk all day I'll okay. straight up replace Cody with you and we can do this full time if you want <laughs> yeah man he could you can straight up replace me I can sit in the background it's totally cool you can well, make coffee runs yeah <laughs> what, what do you take man what oh. do you take in your coffee <laughs> actually could you get some right now <laughs> All right, I'll, I, it's I'll re- I mean, yeah. hold on. Right, right now though, like <laughs> I don't know. Just Sat said he had this really funny story to tell me, and it's kind of private. So uh, yeah, uh, okay, I'll, I'll just leave. Could you fuck off and leave now, please? <laughs> All right, yeah. thank you. All right, well, from the cave, this is Zach, and this is Cody. All right, thanks for listening. Thank you so much.